Hey, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett. If you're listening to this when it's released, then it's Monday. It's nine days into 2023. And as I said, it is Monday. More specifically, it is Monday morning. And I believe that Monday morning is a time for us to really reflect and refocus. Some will argue, and I don't want to get into that debate today, that the week begins on Sunday. Others will argue that the week begins on Monday. Some will argue that Saturday is the Sabbath. Others will argue that Sunday is the Sabbath. Quite frankly, I take them both as the Sabbath. And so that being said, then Monday is the first day of the traditional work week. But then take into consideration for me, a preacher, I worked yesterday. I had to go and do the whole church thing and, you know, organize and be the maestro of the services and all the good stuff. So technically my Sabbath is Saturday. And, but we again, we're not getting into that debate. What I want to talk to you today about is the fact that you are heading into work today. You probably had, hopefully, if you have one of those jobs that would afford you, uh, Saturday and Sunday off and now you're ready to, to as my granny would say pat bricks and turn corners and in doing that we prepare ourselves with what we're going to do throughout this week in our time of Bible study this week we're going to look at Genesis chapter 12 and we're going to go all the way to chapter 20 and we're going to look at Abraham the guy the man, the myth, the legend, the first in the earthly trinity, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. We're going to break all that down down the road, but now we got the first guy. We got Abraham, and, and today we're going to give an overview. We're going to look at him from a holistic perspective. Most folks will argue that are atheists or, or people who question the Bible's uh, legitimacy that Abraham did not marry a barren woman named Sarah who lived out in the desert without knowing where they were going. Most folks would argue that Noah did not exist and the great flood is impossible. Most will argue that even the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve was a hoax. Most will argue that the world was not created in six days by some being in the sky. So, Let's not take that approach. But let's look at this from a human perspective. Let's break this down and see. That's one of the things that we like to do around here is we like to take these, these moments, these biblical stories, if you will, and then bring them down to our own language, to our own thought process. How do they make us feel when we hear them? If this was real, if we knew this was real how would we feel that's what we're going to talk about today also this monday we're going to take time to have a moment of prayer and meditation pastor booth is going to do that for us in a moment so please you know at that appropriate time go ahead and get your mind right look take this moment this whole hour if you get up on monday morning and you start out a whole hour if you don't do this any other week any other part of the week other than thursday We'll talk about that on Thursday. But if you don't do it, if, if all you do is on Monday, 
take this time and get your mind right before you go in there and cut somebody out because you know you i mean you know how bad it is i mean some of you some of you teachers got to go and face some kids and lord have mercy child shot a teacher and, and, and oh jesus i don't even want to talk about it no more that makes me hurt makes my head hurt so he's going to pray over us mama bell is going to play a hymn and we're going to uh, kind of we're going to try to get to know uh, what's going on inside of her head as it pertains to the hymns that she chooses. And also, we're going to talk about a man that I want to hopefully, I hope will inspire you to keep motivating yourself, to keep going, to believe that you can achieve your dream as you pursue this Monday morning. All these things we're going to talk about in just a few moments. But before we get to that, Brother Dennis is going to come and he's going to give us our opening prayer. And that's just a time for us to just be thankful for the birds and the bees and the sycamore trees and and what's going on around us personally. And then after he does that, I said Mama Bell is going to play and then we're going to have a conversation with Mama Bell. And then uh, we'll be back. We got to talk about some other things. uh, If you just hang tight with us. All right. For now, let's get this party started, if you will. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy morning. second morning. Sunday in July. Uh, excuse me, I'll see if you're awake, right? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah. One thing uh, I will note. You must be sleep because it ain't July, it's January. <laughs> really? Hey, come on now. Hey, before you know it, it will be July. Come on, brother. One, uh, one thing I'd like to tag on, uh, on, on to what uh, uh, Eric said about uh, you know, a family dinner. My uh, brother-in-law up in Pennsylvania, he uh, inaugurated a invite your Daybert's uh, dinner day, and that falls on next Sunday. So if you have a neighbor that you haven't met, or you do know, or maybe you just want to have uh, some good food, knock over, knock on their door and say, hey, I'm having a little dinner tomorrow, next Sunday, would you like to come and eat with us? Just, uh, you know, sit down and get to know each other. And uh, that's always a way to break the ice and uh, I do that uh, every now and then it doesn't have to be a special day it could be any day uh, you know but come on over and you know have a burger and french fries uh, let's watch a ball game you know, see what happens uh, open the door for your evangelistic talk in the future anyway thank you Lord that uh, we can come together welcome to first virtual church uh, new year uh, a new day, a new Sunday, a new time together. Together, we, uh, you know, we have to just thank you for that. We ask you uh, bless our time together, give us the strength that we need, and uh, you know, we just want to welcome Mama Bell and her dancing across the piano keys and and what that means to me, and hopefully it means something to y'all. And uh, we just want to dedicate the rest of this time, the rest of this day. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. Oh. 
chatting this morning and we were saying how a lot of people love your music but you know what young folks grew up in the church with the with the uh, Ed Stetzer who works at uh, used to work at uh, one of the Baptist places I want to say Lifeway and he said how he went to preach at these modern churches with the people who lost the war to a tackle box and a box of crayons. He's talking about how they got the bones in their noses, and I think my mama called the bones in the noses. And 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 somebody took some markers and drew all over their arms and their face. The moral of the story is that they don't really know these songs. He leaded me. Oh, blessed thought, oh, words with heavenly comfort thought. Whatever I do, wherever I be, still is God's hand, he leaded. He leaded me by his own hand. He leaded me, his faithful follower I'd be. Sometimes miss scene of deepest gloom. Sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom. By still waters or troubled sea, still tis his hand he leadeth me. Lord, I would place my hand in thine, nor ever murmur nor repine. Content wherever lot I see. Since tis my God that leaves me. Uh, we were talking about Bill. We can hold everybody up with our little chat. But you you grew up on these songs, playing some of these inspirational songs. And uh, anything in particular that comes to mind when you think about this particular one that you played this morning that you would like to share? Well, not really, but it just reminds me of, and uh, I have good thoughts of when I, when I was playing uh, for the Sunday school, 
And I, I can see pictures of these people still in my mind, and it always makes me smile. And sometimes I'm not even aware of the song that I'm humming. And but it, uh, it always makes me smile, and I, it makes me, as I said, think about the days when I was a child and, and the people who were there helping God lead me. Uh, uh, I told you it's a lot of good stuff in that brain of yours. We're going to get it all out. We're going to get it all out. And uh, it's grateful to, to listen to you play so beautifully today. And so we we are uh, definitely uh, grateful for your plan. And we're going to... Uh, we're going to definitely hear you again to stay by that piano. Okay. I want to introduce you to somebody today. They're not physically here, but I want to introduce you to somebody by way of their story. Tony Colliver, a collier. Our story began six years ago on a typical day in the United Kingdom. Tony, as per usual, was training this time for an ultra marathon. To give context, the marathon is 26 miles. So you try to imagine what an ultra marathon is. Who cares? 26 miles is enough to think you're crazy anyway. One day, while attempting what I call legalized suicide, he, Tony, noticed the pain in his groin. The result of this pain was his being diagnosed with terminal cancer in his prostate. He was dying, and it seemed hopeless. So what did Tony do? He laced up his shoes and kept running. Last year, Tony, who is now 10 years past check-in date at the home, at 65, challenged himself to run a 5K, 3.5 miles every single day. He achieved his goal on January 3, surrounded by supporters. During the challenge, he raised money for Move Against Cancer, an organization that helps young adults live with cancer to stay active during and after treatment. These are young adults living with cancer. Collier ran in everything from below freezing to scalding or scolding hot temperatures. If terminal cancer wasn't killing him, he would swear these runs would. He didn't say that. I just said that because, you know, me and running, I think that's worse than the devil. His words were, however, in my own case, I believe that exercise is halting my cancer's progression and helping me lead a better quality life. It helped me cope better with treatment side effects. What keeps me going also was improving the lives of these young people living with cancer. I mentioned that today because I hope that would be an inspiration to all of us who 
are struggling with various issues and various thought processes. So that'll be a way for us to stay inspired to keep moving. As I like to say, as long as you breathe and you have opportunity, God does not waste time, nor does he waste breath. And Mr. Carly approved that every breath meant something, and as long as he had it, he was going to use it to good use. So today I would like for you to meditate when you feel a little bad on Mr. Tony Collier. Again, my friends, we pause to thank you. On behalf of the platform by which you have chosen to connect with this and we ask that you do whatever that platform needs to make sure you get these pieces of business in your inbox every weekday morning also if you can do me a favor find about five people right now and slide this in their dms shoot them a text message you can share to when you share hit the share button it's uh if you open the the podcasting app and and hit share it'll let you share to your social media it'll let you share to email and text messages and all those other things can you do all of that and help other people get connected to what we got going on here i definitely appreciate that and make sure that you're checking out our blogs and our YouTube, all those links will be in the show notes for you. And then there's something else that, that I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about how we're taking care of business right here. So if I can just put this right on in, right right up in here for me, I, I'd appreciate it. it, it, it okay. It, it, yeah. Just, just hold tight. That's something for us to talk about. Anybody's interested in those conversations, you know where to find me. And we're going to continue. Mama Bell, we just yeah. talked about money, so remind them that Jesus loves them because that makes folks mad in church. <laughs> talk about money. Okay. <laughs> Yay!
Most gracious God, our Father, we thank you for us being reminded of your love, your great love. And all of us can say, yes, yes, you love us. And we thank you for the great love that you not only spoke of, but you demonstrated it. And we thank you for that. For this cause, we are here this morning for this cause. We are here and we have gathered together to worship you, to glorify you, give your name to glory for all that you've done and all that you're doing and all that you're going to do in our lives. You're such a great God and you're worthy to be praised. Every breath that we breathe and every time we open up our mouth and and able to give sound to a word and gratitude and gratefulness for what you've done. We thank you that it's not a strain, it's not a pull. It's a, it's a glad word. It's a, it's a happy time. It's a joyful time that we could come together and just say thank you. We love you, Lord God. We love you. We love you. Yes, Lord. Like you love us. We love you back. We love you back. Yes, Lord. For loving us. And we do have enough common sense this morning to say thank you. We have enough common sense to to, to return. Hallelujah. To say we love you, Lord God. We got up this morning with love on our mind. We might have an ache in our bones, but we had love on our mind and our hearts. To know that we are getting up to be in your presence, to hear what you have to say to us, that would carry us on for another week, another day, another minute, another hour. We don't know the exact time where you will call us home, but since we are here and since we do have the, the strength in our bodies to praise and glorify you, we decided to do that now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We glorify you. And, Lord, as we come this morning, we come selfishly. We come, Lord God, emptying of ourselves at your feet, casting all of our care upon you because you care for us. And we thank you for caring for us so much that you died for us. You secured our healing. You secured our minds. You secured our safety. He said, Lord, you have given angels charge over us, and we thank you for your angels. And then you said that Jesus said that I'm going away, but I'm going to leave you a comforter. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for never leaving us, nor forsaking us, always being with us, even until the end of the age. We thank you, Lord. You covered us and covering us. And we thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. We praise you this morning. And Father, we thank you. And we come this morning now to bring different situations and circumstances to you. One person needs you for one thing. Somebody needs you for another. All of us, Lord God, need you, Lord God. And we stand in, in the need of prayer. 
yes, we do, Lord. Lord God, we pray, Lord God. We stand in because we need you. Oh, we need you. Every hour, we need you, Lord God. Some people need a physical need of of you, Lord. They need to be healed. Their body has some kind of pain or complication, Lord God. We need you, Lord God. We, Lord God, we come and we stretch ourselves to you. Lord God, some of us are facing with situations, Lord God, that seemingly that it's out of our control. But thank you. You are in control. And we place it in your hand, Lord God. We said, fix it, Lord God. We said, work a miracle. We said, we would like to see your hand of providence get in situations, Lord God, and then turn them around for your favor. We thank you, Lord God. And we come, Lord God, and we stand, Lord, it's in your hands. Yeah. Our homes are in your hands, Lord God. Our children are in your hands, Lord God. Our communities are in your hands, Lord God. Trouble on every side. Lord God, it's in your hands. We place it in your hands. That's the casting, Lord. That's the casting. That's the casting at your feet, Lord God. There are many things that are going on, Lord God. But every now and then, Lord God, we can see a glimpse of light that's coming through the darkness that we thank you for. Lord God, we thank you for the miracles you performed, that the whole world had to understand and know and see that it was you, Lord God. Thank you for touching the young man that fell out on the football field, that brought every, his whole team to their knees. Oh, hallelujah. And then watch you work the miracle in his life and touched him and brought him back to consciousness. That was you, God, showing the world that you're still God. And we thank you, Lord God, because we know that the prayers of the righteous man availeth much. And we thank you for the availeth much in the righteous man's mouth that he is speaking to you, his living God. Ah, yes, you are. You are a living God. You are a living God. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the circumstances that you allow us to live for. Lord God, there's a lot of things that is going on around us, Lord God, that we don't even know about, but we know that you are God, and you are moving on the behalf of your people. Yes. Move on the behalf of your people. I got to say that one more time because I feel you are anointing your presence. Move it on the behalf of your people. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for that. We thank you for doing what doctors cannot do. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for doing what medicine cannot do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you you for changing prognosis and diagnosis around because of your healing power and your miracle working power. Thank you, Lord. You're such a great God, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for bringing us to this time and this prayer. Lord God, that we could call upon you individually. All of us can talk at the same time, and you can hear us. And, God, we thank you, Lord, for the word that you're going to share with us that's going to bring forth life and and restoration to us. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. At this time, there may be some things that you have that you want to bring before the Lord. Oh, my 
God, children, the Lord is hearing. He, he has an ear to your lips this morning. Let's utilize this time to talk to him for yourself. Let's do that now. Jesus will fix it for you. Oh, let Jesus fix it for you. Whenever you pray, let him have his way. Oh, let Jesus fix it for you. Amen. 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 See, see, you've been around this early church too long. You know you can't do that just one verse. You got to go around three, four times. Don't you know where you come from? He didn't hear me. He was already gone. This morning, oh, let Jesus fix it for you. Oh, let Jesus fix it for you. Oh, whenever you pray, just let the Lord have his way. Oh, let Jesus fix it for you. I can't sing it no more, brother, because I'm getting happy. Hallelujah. Pray the Lord. Uh, we, 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 we'll stop right there. We're Presbyterian this morning. We'll stop right there. <laughs> Before you turn full blown, you turn to a full blown Pentecostal. We'll stop right there. We'll oh, stop right there. Thank you, Jesus. Sing on. Hallelujah. Yeah. Sing on. Uh huh. What that say? Whenever you pray, let him have his way. Let him have his way. We'll I heard I heard a Presbyterian start singing. See that? See, see, y'all gonna mess up in here. I'm sorry. Let me get on here to this side. Yeah. We're supposed to be doing the college hour. No, no, we will stop. It's college hour. He will fix it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Y'all calm your nerves now. Our Presbyterians, calm your nerves. Oh. <laughs> Uh huh. See, people won't stop singing. Y'all did. Y'all better stop acting like y'all from the pet picture of whatever church y'all come from. I told y'all we're supposed to be getting out twenty five minutes. Calm your nerves. Calm your nerves. Go to court day. Hallelujah. Calm your nerves. Calm your nerves. Fix it, Thank. We're in the book of Genesis, and in the book of Genesis, we've been there for some time now. Uh, You can listen to it online, about 15 to 20 minutes a day. You can listen to it and, and really study the book of Genesis with us. Uh, Here in a minute, we're going to start on Abraham tomorrow morning. We're going to look at it in detail. But before we get deep into Abraham 
tomorrow, I want to look at him in an overview today. And I invite you to consider this morning, if you will, uh, Genesis chapters 12 uh, through 20. I invite you to take some time and read it and understand this man uh, known as Abraham. The details of this man that I would like to submit to you for consideration this morning is a man who found himself in a very sticky situation. The average American or human, for that matter, desires a life of stability. We have been trained as a culture to believe that we get up and we get a good education. If we come from a good family, that helps us. If we can use that to catapult ourselves. We go to college uh, to get that education, but we also go to college to get experience. We go to college to network, to get with other like-minded people who might find themselves tinkering or tinkering in, in things that interest us. And then we take those uh, pieces of knowledge and that experience and that education and we take it into the world to secure a career, one that we can hopefully hold for about 25 to 30 and then retire, sit at the house by the mailbox and wait on the government to send us a check along with that other one that's going to come from that company. Stability. Knowing where your next meal's coming from. Stability. Knowing how your bills are going to be paid. Stability. Abraham did not have this life of stability. One theologian argues, who could find themselves packing everything they had, moving to a faraway land, no direction, no understanding, no real purpose in life, just moving. That same theologian presented the argument that we live in a culture and it's not by our own fault, but it's by the system by which we have been victimized by. We are products of bad religion. We are products of a culture that focuses on the form of faith. The idea of faith. But the average Christian is not going to pack up his life or her life, should I add that into it as well, 
got off into the middle of somewhere without a rhyme or reason, a road map, any type of direction, don't even know if they got enough money to get wherever they're going, they can't even tell you where they're going. There's only one man that did that, allegedly. We call him Christopher Columbus. He was drunk when he left, drunk when he arrived, or drunk when he got back. But I am passed by him and other explorators who go unnoticed, and I'm sure we can navigate through why if you want to do that. That is not my assignment this morning. The average person wants stability. Then you look at Abraham at another point. Not only is he the man who found himself in an unstable living condition, he found himself connected to people who were not as supportive as he needed. He had a brother named Lot. We know what happened in that situation. When they got to a particular place and uh, the wife of his brother ended up in some stress that uh, caused her to uh, be removed from the the family tree. He had his own wife who had her own moment of disbelief when she was told or was discussed that she would bear children. One argument, if you can peel back the onion and get to the Sarah story, just park Abraham over here from the side for a moment. One argues how Sarah must have felt. A, she was not even consulted. When you get down around about chapter 18 somewhere, you hear these Visitors that appeared to Abraham, they came talk to Abraham. They didn't call Sarah to the side. They didn't ask Sarah if she was okay with this event. You will have a son, they told him. Sarah standing over there in the corner Listening. Do you mean I'm going she's looking around, I would like to assume. Some folk will say, Well, why are we assuming? Well, let's peel back this and look at it like you would. Some of you are either married or have been there in some way, shape or form. You can imagine, you can feel in your uh, situation, if you were in this situation, the brothers are sitting around talking. They got a Colt 45 open. 
The game is on. Miami's winning. Dallas is losing. <laughs> That's Jesus wants. We speak it in his name. I don't care how Mom Bell feel about it. <laughs> and we're having this discussion while we're watching Dallas go down in the dirt. I'm going to say it again in Jesus' name. God loves fish. I don't know where America got off. That's why America off God's team. Because God loves fish, not Dallas. He don't love a star. He just sold one. Back to what I was talking about. And so we're having this discussion. The men folk are. The woman comes in and she just happens to overhear it. You just happen to overhear it. They're discussing what's going to happen in your body. What you going to do. Now, if you would allow me the opportunity to travel back into Genesis, back to the garden, after Eve had a, a supper she wasn't supposed to have, after she went to the wrong bodega, to the wrong uh, farmer's market, and ate from the tree that had the apples on it that was a forbidden, and, and now she, because of this, is forced into painful childbirth. That's in chapter 3 somewhere. Sarah knows about this, and she knows that they're discussing what's going to happen with her, and she's thinking, I would like for you to think... These men are telling me I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to wake up with morning sickness. I'm going to have to feed too. I'm going to be hungry all day and hungry all night. I'm going to have to lay in one position. You know I like to lay on my side and got the blanket curled up in between my toes. But then... We go back, we really meet Sarah. I'm getting back to Abraham, but you can't talk about Abraham behind unless you talk about Sarah. Behind Abraham is Sarah. Sarah was barren. Some folk wish to dismiss Sarah because she laughed. Number one, she's hearing something. And I love the self-righteous Christian, and I don't mean that despairingly, but I love the self-righteous Christian because we have been so religious so long. We have had access to the story so long that it is easy to cast judgment on a story you already know the ending to. without realizing that the purpose for the story is to help us deal with the stories that we don't have the ending to. 
Some of you don't know how your rent's going to get paid next month. Some of you don't know how you're going to deal in certain issues this month. Some of you got prognosis from the doctor that you have no clue about what the response is. This book is a series of events prescribed as spiritual medicine to a current ailment. And so I ask you to not look at Sarah or anyone else in the text for that matter in a self-righteous way, but look at them in a way that you understand. Take Sarah's name out and say, I would feel the same way. Now put into consideration the the time that we're in. This is after the great flood. This is after the repopulation of the earth. Going back to Genesis where he created man in our own image, God did. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. That was the blessing. He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. But this girl can't multiply. So does that mean that I'm not blessed? That had to have gone through Sarah's mind. That laugh meant a whole lot more than it has been described. Then you have Abraham. There's nothing that brings a man joy like his own child. Someone to carry on his name. He can go out and play Little League with. He can put him on the the peewee football team. One day he'd grow up and not play for Dallas. That was disappointing. But he'd play for one of those teams in the NFL. That's my boy. Maybe be Aaron Judge. All right. My boy is at bat. Nothing makes a man happier than an heir to his name. And he's with Sarah, and Sarah cannot do that. He is childless. He is airless. He watches all the other men with their children, their conga line of breath. And he sits with his wife alone. And now he's old. He's being told that you're going to be a father. Wait, excuse me? You're serious, right? Now, the scriptures does not record of Abraham. And here's the response, but you've got to wonder. 
somewhere in that brother's mind, there was some discussion. Somewhere in that brother's mind, there was some thought. Somewhere in that brother's mind, there was this idea. How can this be? I'm already out here, no identity, at least not according to societal standards. Society would prefer that I have a big a big mansion somewhere with a couple of doors on the side. That's where the cars go. Cadillac here, Mercedes there, here a Beamer there, a Maybach everywhere, more of a Porsche. Maybe around back, got somewhere to park the plane. And then if I'm really somebody, I'll put the house on the river and then park the, the yacht out there. A couple decks, maybe some side boats, 24-hour minibar, have my own little slot machines and everything up there. That's what the, the society wants you to have. And Abraham is, is not in that. At least not now he's not. What do you do when your dreams come late in life? What do you do when your promises come when you old? Everybody else got it when they were young. In this culture, you look and you see, especially when you go down to Simi Valley or Silicon Valley, if you look around, and you got boys down there that's 35 and 40 years old, and they already worth more in a day than some of us in our whole life. Some of us work 40 years. You can't even stack a check next to some of them little young brats down there. Whoopersnappers, as they would be called. And it bothers some. It bothers some because they got it young. They got it 20, and I'm 60, and I'm just now starting to peek into my destiny. I'm 70, and I'm just now starting to get a little piece of chunk change. What do you do when your dream come late in life? This morning, our focus today, our mission statement, if you will, is to analyze Abraham in the 21st century. Analyze Abraham as an alternative family. No, I'm not talking about other mother folk. I'm talking about the alternative to tradition. 
the alternative to the culture and how it says it should go. Some of you made it because you were part of the alternative family. You sleeping in houses that you know you couldn't have paid for because you was black and only washed dishes. You drive cars that you knew you couldn't afford because you was black and you washed dishes. You got jobs that you couldn't get only because you went to a school that you couldn't have paid for. That's the alternative family. In this country, if you are poor, in this country, if you are minority, in this country, if you come from lesser than, you are an alternative family. And yet, God made millionaires out of alternative families. God every day keeps the lights on for the alternative family. He keeps food in the refrigerator for the alternative family. I was young, and now I'm old. Well, I'm getting there. Y'all old. I'm still young. Get the snap. Trying to get off this line so I can go get my bottle. Suck my thumb, curl back up my blank, go back to sleep. But y'all have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Amen. Never. That's the alternative family. That's the Abrahamic family. The people who was on the backside of the desert who had no access to the real life. And yet somewhere God came in and took that man who was on 64 doing 30 because his car wouldn't go fast enough to catch up with the Porsche doing 90. And somewhere between already and not yet, God sped that little 30-year-old bug up and went past that Porsche. And now, you say like the old saints did. You ask a question. How did I get over? How did I get over? My soul looks back in wonder. How I got over. Would that be your prayer today as my granny comes? Most holy and all wise Father, we come because we can say that we got over because of you. We got here because of your mercy and your love. You love us so much. In spite of whatever we had to face up with, God, you brought us over. You, oh God, was our keeper. You, oh God, 
was our lover. You, O oh God, was our propel. Jehovah, Salom, was our peace. Jehovah, Rapha, our healer. God, we got over because of you. You brought us this far. God, we can look back and say, thank you, God. We heal because of your love, because of your mercy, because of who you are. Not no goodness of our own, but because you chose us and you opened the door for us. And we thank you. We thank you, oh God, in spite of all things, God, we can say, hallelujah, praise you, God, for what you have done, for where you brought us from. In spite of what we had to face, in spite of what we heard, in spite of what happened, God, you brought us over. And we said thank you this morning. We just want to thank you, God. We love you, oh God, for who you are. And oh God, help us to always remember, it was you. It was you, dear God. It won't nobody but you made the way for us. It won't nobody but you, dear God, that held on to us. When we was, thought we was weak, but we, God, you made us strong. When we thought we couldn't make it, God, you pulled us on. And we are here today to say thank you. We just want to thank you this morning. God, in the name of Jesus, we didn't know what tomorrow holds, but yet you brought us. And we just give you thanks this morning. We thank you this morning for all you have done for us. All you doing and all you going to do, God, we thank you in advance. We praise you and we magnify your name. Because, God, we know that you hear our cries. And we know that it was you that did it for us. And we just said thank you. We thank you this morning. Bless every listening ear this morning, God. Oh, God, as they hear your word, God, for us to receive this word in our hearts and to know that you are the answer to every man's question. You are the answer to every man's situation. If we just put our hearts and mind on you and trust you, that you will bring us out. We just thank you this morning, God. Oh, merciful Father, help us today to give you thanks, give you glory, give you praise, give you honor, and magnify your holy and righteous name. We give it all to you today, God. And we say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, we're reading Genesis chapter 12 through 20. And we'll start on chapter 12 tomorrow. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Till then, bye!